Welcome to the Becoming Iconic Podcast. I am your host, Jen Spiegel. I am a life, business, and brand stylist. And after years of helping thousands of female entrepreneurs grow successful businesses and lives, I was called to bring these delicious conversations forward for those of you who are ready to build, expand, and actually enjoy all the desires of your heart. I'm so confident that this podcast will support you as you start to elevate and pursue the highest version of yourself. Thank you for being here. Sink in and enjoy. Hey icons, welcome to the podcast with someone I am like so excited to have on. We have been having this conversation for a few months now. Actually, we were just talking about that before we hit record, but Barian Barry is here and my friends, she is a gift. And she's a gift because she has elevated my femininity. That's a big word, hey Barian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a big word, but she really has. And embracing my menstrual cycle, embracing my cycle in general, and teaching me so many things that in my very early 40s, where I feel like I should have all these things down pat, I feel like I'm just starting to uncover and discover what that all that is. So Barian is a menstrual health educator, my friends, and she is all about teaching anybody who's menstruating, which ladies, most of us should be. And I'm sure you're going to talk about this, Barian, that we should be on a regular schedule, but really how to master our cycles one period at a time. And this is so intriguing to me and exciting because of a number of things. Number one, I didn't grow up talking about these things. We we just didn't. My mom never taught me about what these things mean and what I would be feeling throughout my month. And yet it happens over and over and over again. And there was a little bit, if I can be honest, of embarrassment around it. I remember when I first got my period, my friend in um, the class, she also got hers and she had a little bit of an accident and how people reacted to that. Our peers reacted. I think it instilled in me this fear of it, this like a little bit of shame, not shame. And it's not the right word, but I think, you know what I'm trying to say, just where I didn't want to talk about it. We just want to pretend it doesn't exist, (laughs) but it does. So Barian, I am babbling a little bit only because I am a fan of what you're bringing forward. I am grateful we're talking about these things publicly and just the work you're doing. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, icons. Today, we are going to be talking all about your period, ins, outs, and hopefully you walk away with all the tips you need to really harness the power of your period and feel confident in your body. Like I am so excited to have this conversation because normalizing the conversation around menstruation is so important. I mean, if I'm being honest with you, I remember feeling awkward and uncomfortable talking about periods when I first moved into the space because growing up, we have this narrative that it's a taboo. You don't talk about things that are taboo, but here we are having the conversation that it's not taboo anymore. We're just going to open it. We're going to open it up, welcome it with open arms and feel good. That's right. We're going to flow into it, right? Because that's the whole thing, even in your brand is the flow Academy and these great Mm -hmm. ways of learning. And uh, yeah, I just want to talk about all the things. But before we do that, I think it's really important for people to get to know you because you're a special human that like you were saying, this is sort of a newer aspect to your life and who you are and what you represent. So maybe you could even just let us know, how did you get to this place where you're talking about periods? Yeah. So I'm going to give you guys like the short story because I really want to make sure we have the goods of like tools for you guys to walk away with. But um, my health and wellness journey, I would say really started 
fresh out of college. I was always a healthy collegiate athlete, you know, high level athlete. Having irregular periods was pretty common because everybody who was in athletics dealt with it. We all had painful periods. We had missing periods because we were training at these higher levels. But as I graduated from university, went into corporate America, six months in, I went to see my naturopath and she's like, sweetie, your adrenals are shot. And I was like, okay, like, why do I care? Like I was 22. So at the time it didn't make sense. And she's like, okay, here's basically what I'm saying. You're either going to have your career or you're going to have your health at the rate this is going because I was working in litigation, because I was translating documents and all of these things. So at that point in time, that was, I would say, December of 2016, I decided to kind of take control of my own health and figure out how to fix what was happening adrenally and with my hormones. Now, Kind of fast forward a few years, I then got certified as a functional nutritionist, personal trainer, started working in integrative health. I'm a board certified integrative health practitioner. And I was like, what's my niche, right? Like what's, what's my thing? Mm-hmm. The only health problem I still had was my menstrual cycle. While my adrenals were kind of like shot and there were issues with my hormones, I didn't really know what was happening. So I picked the smallest problem and reverse engineered from there, which is how I got into the menstrual space altogether. So circa January, 2019, I'm on a podcast. Somebody's like, periods are not supposed to be painful. And I was like, what? I've had periods my entire life like 12 years of a period. And you mean to tell me it's not supposed to be painful? And she's like, yeah. And as a health professional at this time, that was my green light to figure out how to make them not painful, how to make a perfect period happen. And, you know, now we're here, you know, having this conversation. And I I know the ins and outs of menstrual cycles, as well as hormones and how to help people reverse engineer what's going on, but more importantly, how to heal and help themselves along the way. Mm, what a journey. And I find these journeys when you, it's really yours, what I'm sensing is this is really just, you're walking us through the things you've learned on a personal level. Those are the best coaches, facilitators, teachers, because you have walked the talk and learned, and now you're just handing these great tools over to us. So thank you for that. And I remember when I first got my period as a teenager, curled up in a ball, never forget in the backseat of my mom's car and just weeping with so much pain and her taking me to the doctor. And I had these big blue iron pills. And remember at that point thinking it's painful, it's a nuisance, it's gross, I used to think it was gross, not having a great relationship with this time in my life that would happen every single month and dreading it versus now I feel like I'm almost embracing and welcoming each cycle stage within my month. And so I would love just to be taught through you, even about the different stages of a cycle for a woman. Would you mind just explaining the basics of that for us? Well, let me ask you, is it okay if we go through the three different ways to actually look at the four phases? Because I feel like it's really beneficial to hear it. So first we'll go through the biology and talk about the body and what's really going on. Then I'm going to give you a different way to approach it with balance and kind of more of that like spa vibe. I love a good spa day and like, it just makes you feel better about your period, honestly. And then lastly, we'll talk about how to utilize it in business because I know so many people would love to know how to do this. So the first phase, awesome. Okay. So the first phase of your cycle is your menstrual phase. This is when the uterine lining is shutting. This is literally when you are bleeding. Usually this is about days one through five or one through seven. um, And your energy levels, your hormones are at the lowest. The second phase. Okay. So 
post-period, but pre-ovulation. This is called your follicular phase. This is when your hormones are on the rise and you might notice an increase in your energy. And then your third phase is ovulation. This is when like, you're just feeling so good. Most of us, um, if you have a normal regular cycle, which we can define that in a second, but you typically feel really good. And this is when there is a surge in three key hormones, estrogen, as well as testosterone, as well as something called the luteinizing hormone. Now, this is when you want to maximize everything that you are doing because your energy levels are really matching that. So this is that turn up time I tell people. And then the fourth and final phase is your luteal phase or what we all know as your PMS phase. Now, in terms of a date range for the last three phases I just shared, it really is going to be predicated upon when you ovulate. So that is actually going to shift a bit. Um, But I generally say your luteal phase is about seven to 10 days long. You kind of start noticing a change in your mood, which is 100% normal because your estrogen levels drop, your serotonin levels drop. So if you're feeling moody, it's okay. Give yourself permission to be moody and keep Keep moving through that. And then that'll take you back to the first phase in your next cycle. Now that's the biology. It's kind of like meh, in my opinion, it's like, am I really going to remember this? This is the one I hope everybody remembers. This is the balance side. So Phase one menstruation, I love to say, is restoration. It's release and restoration. So as the body is physically releasing, you want to make sure you're emotionally releasing, energetically releasing, but also replenishing and rebuilding because your body's getting rid of a lot of blood getting rid of a lot of nutrients. So how can we rebuild and restore the body? Then in the second phase, which we would in biology say is called your follicular phase. I love to call this your reconnect phase. This is when we want to start doing those like virtual Zoom parties, maybe grab a juice, a coffee, and we're feeling good. The veil has lifted. Our period is over and our energy levels have increased, right? Then ovulation. Ovulation is renew. I love ovulation because you literally feel like a new person. Mm -hmm. And because you feel that you want to make sure you're embracing and embodying it. And then that fourth phase where you're PMSing that luteal phase, this is relaxed. Don't do anything besides relax. Now I know, you know, if you're a mom, you're a wife, it's a little bit, a little bit more difficult to relax, but you can still carve out at least an hour for yourself. And so that is like the body. And then we have our balance and now the business version. This is what everybody loves. Like (laughs) if this information was told to me when I first got my period, I think that I would have just been a way better student, a way better, just everything all around. So During menstruation, I love to say this is ideation because there's 25% more connectivity between the right and left hemispheres of your brain. So all you want to do is brainstorm during this time, like get clear on the vision, you know, get it out there. I had the most incredible experience in 2019 where I was doing a meditation and I was really new to meditating. I had this resistance to meditation, but this experience was the most divine appointment I have ever had. I met the future version of myself. I was with her and I could see every detail of her, her joy, her health, her vibrancy, her prosperity, how happy and abundant she was. It was one of the most beautiful moments I have ever had. And when I opened my eyes after that meditation, no longer did I see my dreams and desires as this far off illusion that I was working towards every single day that I questioned and wondered about. It solidified everything for me. Now I wake up every day and every decision I make is based on that future version. 
How would I show up for my business today? How would I show up for my relationships, my health? All the decisions I'm making are that pursuit of her because it's a knowing now. I know that that is my future and that is who I am and meant to be. And I wanted to give this experience to you because it was just so beautiful and so life-changing for me. So I'm offering you my meditation. I really dug into that emotional experience that I had and I wanted to give this to you so that you can revisit this meditation over and over again until this is in fact your experience and it shifts everything in your life that you have a knowing on who you are meant to be and you start showing up today as that version and you're not waiting for the dream to come true or the goal to happen. Instead, you know that that is your birthright and now it's just embodying that person today. Go to jenspiegel.com, download that meditation and friends, please share with me. Let me know, have you had this experience and be patient with the process. It may take a few times, but once you have the experience, you will not be able to shake that connection to yourself and who you're becoming. Thank you so much for giving this an opportunity and a chance because I know it will change your life. During the second phase, that follicular phase, this is creation. This is strategic planning, detail-oriented, nitty-gritty stuff. Like, if you're planning a launch, this is when you outline what you're posting on Instagram stories every single day and so on and so forth. Then during ovulation, this is execution and communication. So because of that surge in that estrogen as well as your testosterone, you really will want to like work 15-hour days. Embody that. Embrace it and grind it out during this time because it feels right during this time. And again, that surge in your hormones makes you want to communicate. This is also when I love to like onboard new clients, negotiate, anything like that. And then in our final phase, PMS, this is literally evaluation. So because we're kind of moody during this phase, some of us, not everybody, but I know that I am, I like to look. I like to look for problems. I'm not going to lie. Like I like to point out problems, but I love to say, instead of pointing out problems in your personal life, look for problems in your business and create the solutions for it because problem solution orientation is how we optimize our life. Really? Like this is a problem. This is my solution. This is how far I'm ahead. I'm planning. This is what my analytics are doing and so on and so forth. And there you have it the four phases. Wow. And my husband thanks you because in my, <laughs> in my PMS phase, it's just this whole roller coaster ride within my relationship. And I think you're, you just really gave me an aha moment of rather than looking for problems within my home, why don't I turn that attention, that energy over into what can I solve within my business? I think you might've just changed <laughs> my life. I think it's the best thing possible because yeah. like, honestly, when you understand your menstrual cycle and your own energy, you're able to communicate more effectively with those around you, whether it's your loved ones or it's your clients. The ability to communicate is what we all need to like master in my opinion. And our menstrual cycle is actually designed to tell us when to speak to people and when not to speak to people. So that's, that's what I like to think of at least. Yeah, it's true. Actually this, just this last, cause I'm entering my cycle. He said to me last week, he said, do you think um, your period's coming? <laughs> so, bless him because he sensed my energy. He could see that crankiness in me, short tempered, impatient. So I also really appreciate appreciate the permission to know that this is a natural part of who I am and my hormone levels. 
but take responsibility in how I channel that energy. And I really appreciate that. So friends listening in, you may even want to just go back two minutes, three minutes and re-listen to that to have that acceptance of self, but also relearn how to channel those energies that we have. So thank you for, for that. That's really educational. It's good. Of course. I think that this is my favorite part of teaching about menstrual cycles is we don't know this, but the science backs us up. So it's like, yeah, I am a little salty today. That's okay. You can be a little salty. You just like, don't lash out too much, like monitor it. That's right. And so what happens then? I'm really just so curious. I'm just going to send out questions to you. I hope you don't mind, Mm -hmm. but I have cravings. So in my PMS phase, give me some salt and vinegar chips and I am a happy girl. And I know some people it's chocolate. What causes that craving in us during that phase? So cravings is its own language. Your body is looking for specific nutrients as it's preparing to shed that uterine lining. Um, So, you know, when you're craving those salt and vinegar chips, right? Like I love those too. I'm not going to lie, but your body is actually probably looking for sources of calcium, zinc, iron, magnesium, things like that. So a lot of people are, they talk about the chocolate craving. Your body wants magnesium and it needs more calcium. So rather than reaching for like a naughty chocolate, I'm always like, go for a cacao, go for like a really nice dark chocolate, because we do want to honor our craving, but we want to nourish our body more. Oh, good advice. So tell me that again, when I want to go for the salt and vinegar chip, what is another thing I could reach for that would nourish me? Believe it or not, people are going to hate me. They're going to roll their eyes, but vegetables, you want a dark leafy green. So instead of a salt and vinegar chip, go for a kale chip, not the same sensation. I totally know that, but maybe add your own Himalayan salt to it because your body is looking for those micronutrients as opposed to like the empty calories of a salt and vinegar chip. hundred percent. And I I'm good with that. For me, it's always about the knowing. I think I'm really in a curious stage in my life where I just, I don't mind doing these things when I understand why I should do these things and how it benefits me is so different than somebody saying, don't eat chips, eat kale chips. You just, I'm almost rebellious. I'm like, what are you talking about? Whereas now I know, okay, it's, there's a a rhyme and reason for that. And I even love the idea of during my cycle, when you had mentioned, you know, releasing emotion, releasing energies, releasing things, and almost making it a spiritual practice. Do you have any Mm -hmm other tips, like things that we could do specifically during that phase? Oh gosh. I have so many tips because for me, menstruation and just living life in daily flow is a spiritual thing. I try to make everything that I do a very spiritual practice to be present. So for menstruation specifically, I recommend breath work, just one to three minutes of really connecting your brain, your breath, and your body to slow you down, to calm your nervous system, but also to open your mind to different things. I also love a good meditation. Now I'm not going to sit here and say like I meditate every day. I don't, but during menstruation, the first three days, I'm very intentional about breath work, about meditation and journaling. And I love to look back at the past cycle. What did I journal? You know, not everybody can get up and journal every single day, but if you can write one sentence a day to check in with yourself, I'm feeling good. I feel like trash. I want to like, I don't know, crash, like, you know, just kind of see, because you'll also be able to notice your own patterns and behaviors and respect and honor those while acknowledging them. You still have to let them go so you can move through them. Mm, Good stuff. I know those first three days, especially having four kids, something changed in my body 
every single pregnancy. And it's so heavy now that I almost feel like I am dragging myself through the day. It's uncomfortable. And so the idea of nourishing myself and meditating, and I love breath work. I have a breath work coach. I swear by it. So just allowing myself to sink into that and not resist it or try to avoid the feelings that feels really good to me almost like this nourishing point in my month where rather than look at it as, Oh my goodness, it's so heavy. I got to wear a pad and wear a cup and all these things just go, okay, this is what it is. Sink in and allow it to unfold as it will. But as I say this, I'd love to ask you the question about flow itself, because I had this change and, you know, even now coming into my menstruation, I'm spotting almost for five, seven days before I start. So there's lots of changes happening within me. And I know that I'm not alone. I talked to a lot of friends about this and heavy, heavy periods seem to be the norm. Do you have anything to teach us around that? Of course, because I used to deal with it too. So one of the main reasons people have heavier cycles boils down to estrogen. Now there are three different kinds of estrogen produced throughout your entire lifespan if you are a menstruator. So the one that you're familiar with now, it's going to be E2 as well as E3. I don't want to get into the specifics of it too much, but E2 essentially is the typical sex estrogen, estradiol that we're all familiar with. Once you have a baby, you now have E2 and E3 at play. But then once you start approaching that uh, menopausal age range, you also might have a little bit of E1 in there. So there's all these different things going on in your body. And if your body doesn't know how to actually detoxify the higher levels of estrogen in your body, then you will have a heavier flow. So when there is high levels of estrogen, we have a heavy bleed. We're changing pads, tampons, cups, period panties, all of the above on a like on a ridiculously frequent basis, in my opinion. Now, I love to say first, start with your plate. If you're going to lower these, really focus on a high fiber diet to help detoxify the estrogen and aid your liver in that detoxification process. Okay. The second thing I recommend is a supplement called Black cohosh root. Now I take it in a liquid tincture, but it acts as a pseudo estrogen. So if your estrogen levels are too high, it will actually lower them. If they are too low, it will help to increase them. And I always recommend taking this the first 14 days of your cycle. And then you would supplement with something different called Vitex the next 14 days. So day 15 through 28 almost. Um, And this is just kind of what I do personally, what I recommend to all of my clients. And it's pretty standard you know, in the health space. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm actually going to link those in the show notes. So we'll, we'll chat about that. I just have so many conversations around this. So thank you for that because it feels not, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it's normal. So I really like identifying where I can help myself. And Mm -hmm. I love just to talk even about feelings if I can. So I'm just going to open myself up in this conversation too, because again, I don't mind sharing too much information about myself, but the other thing too is sexually as a woman. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I find during my menstrual cycle, I have a heightened sexuality about myself, which is really an, uh, seems like a contradiction in my body almost, where it's like, I want to, but then I have my period. So it's like, I don't want to, but I do want to. So can we talk a little bit about sexuality and our cycles as well? Yeah. So your libido changes throughout your menstrual cycle. And I'm one of those people don't look at me, don't breathe on me, don't touch me when I'm menstruating. Right. 
But a lot of that is just because of where I'm at in my life. Whereas for you, as someone who's married, you have kids, you might be a lot more affectionate during this phase and your progesterone levels, which is kind of the reason you feel intimate sometimes in general, but also maybe your oxytocin levels, which is your cuddle hormone could be higher. So this may be why for you personally. Now, this is going to change from individual to individual. Like I said, I personally don't want to be touched. <laughs> don't even look this way, please leave me alone. So it's <laughs> really going to just be dependent upon you as an individual, your hormone um, levels and panel, but also what that relationship looks like for you. Maybe you're absolutely in love with your husband, your head over heels. And like, you just really want to, because you're in a state of release, you also want to feel loved and cuddled and protected. Right. So it's one of those things where it's a dance and understanding. Now, if somebody has a low libido, that's not normal. An extremely high libido, pretty normal. A normal level or a high level is pretty normal throughout your cycle. A low libido is where the issue is um, for most people. So, you know, because you said your libido is a little bit higher, I don't have to worry about that. But for my girls with a low libido, I would recommend a supplement called maca. Um, it's an actual root. You can get it in a powder. It'll help increase that libido. Yes. I add that to my shakes. Maybe that is why mine Maybe. Is <laughs> that's amazing. And I know some people listening in, I mean, I want to talk about these things with you. I'm so yeah. grateful for this conversation. They feel like it's gross. Women feel like I'm bleeding. It's gross. It's, it's quote unquote dirty. And it's so mm-hmm. not. So what could someone do to help change and shift their mindset to realizing this is not gross. It's part of who we are. So I love shifting narratives. I feel like that's what I've been like created to do basically. But the first thing I would say is first, what would your ideal relationship with your period be like if you got your period and no one told you what you would experience? How would you actually feel? Go back to the moment you had your first period. And for me, I was embarrassed. I had three older brothers and my mom was working and I was bleeding and I was like, what do I do? So I felt a lot of guilt and shame. But I felt that because the people around me conditioned me to believe it. But as an adult, I've rewired my thinking because I understand the power of feminine energy and what it really means. Now, you know, I could get super spiritual about this. There's this concept that there's feminine energy and masculine energy, and every individual has both, right? But as menstruators, but people who identify as women, we are the physical manifestation of feminine energy. We're the physical manifestation of creation and power because we are the only ones with the ability to truly create. So as you are bleeding, lean into that and know that once a month, every month, you have the ability to actually create physically, like you could have a baby, you can write a book, you can launch a podcast, whatever. Like that is such a beautiful thing because people who are non-menstruators who identify as men, they don't have that same power. They have the, the ability to be logical and strategic, which is all well and good, but the power to create. And, you know, for people who are like, I'm not really into the spiritual thing. Listen, your body literally cleans itself once a month, every month. That's great. We want that. Okay. Yeah. I'm all about the spiritual. So I I bring it on. And I love that concept, that idea of embracing like, my goodness, we can create. And I know being a mom, 
it is the most beautiful part, the creation of this baby and even birthing a baby. You know, I, I talk to people all the time. I do not talk to people or listen to bad birthing stories because the fact that we can even physically do that in the first place is so mind blowing to me and takes the spiritual realm to a whole different level because it's hard to deny spirituality when you've experienced that. But I just remember feeling like a superhero after delivering these babies. And that leads me into another question because I know you talk about fertility. Mm -hmm. I see so many of my precious friends who have either really had a difficult time conceiving or have had um, just difficult situations, um, having, you know, miscarriages or losing their child. I would really love to talk about this because you said something that I had no idea. You actually said we could get pregnant anytime throughout the month. And I was, I thought, what? I thought we had this small little window and I love, did you say that? Did you say we could get, no, you didn't. I did a myth busting thing on my Instagram story where I said like biggest myth, you can get pregnant all month long. We can't. It's a myth. Okay. It's a myth. It's a myth. So there is a small window. Yes, there's a very small window. So the first thing I want to say is when I talk about fertility, I talk about it very um, plainly. Everyone, I'm just going to be honest. I am very scientific with this because it's something that I know everyone's emotionally attached to, but I just, before I speak into this, I want you to know, I'm not trying to ruffle any feathers. I just want you to have like the straight up facts because I understand that trying to conceive and like being able to and not being able to, I, I empathize with you. Um, but I have to be very candid with what I'm going to say. So please do not be offended. I'm here to inform you not to offend you. I'm going to apologize because I know this might rub people the wrong way, but, um, the process first, you can only get pregnant about six to 10 days out of the month out of your entire menstrual cycle. And that's because you ovulate for 24 to 36 hours. Um, However, sperm can live in your uterus for up to five days and in your fallopian tube up to seven days. So I generally tell people about five days prior to ovulating. First, check your panties. We're looking for your cervical mucus and we want to make sure you're good to go, but also make sure you're wrapping it up, being extremely cautious, pull out method, whatever works best for you and aligns with you. But also beware after you've ovulated and you'll know you've ovulated because when you check your panties, it will look like the egg whites, like a sticky egg white. That's how you'll know you're fertile. Um, But also your basal body temperature, you'll be a little bit hotter and your cervix placement will be a little bit higher. It'll feel like the tip of your nose in case you guys didn't know all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, But after you've ovulated, you want to be cautious for at least another three days. I like to tell people just because we don't know how strong sperm is. And if you're somebody who's like, I have no idea what my partner's uh, fertility is like, because it takes two to conceive, two to make a baby. Okay. What you want to look at is like, is the cum actually white? Is it opaque? Because that's an indication that it's super fertile. But if it doesn't look like that, that's an indication that it's not as fertile. So these are things to be mindful of if you're even trying to conceive, because a lot of the blame for not being able to conceive gets placed on women. And that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes it is. I will admit, but more often than not, you know, there's things that both parties need to do to increase the chances of conception, but also fertility. And, you know, since we're on the topic of baby making, um, (laughs) I've helped a few women get pregnant that were trying for so long. What we found is one, maca and ashwagandha. Those were the two supplements I told them to put in their smoothies as well as their partner's smoothies, Mm -hmm. but also actually attempting to have sex about 
three to four days before ovulating because the, the health of the sperm was so potent during that time and was able to survive and actually meet the egg to be able to fertilize. Wow. Wow. It's really quite incredible. It's just the whole thing is incredible, but also this knowledge. And I thank you for that because I know some people are, are just sitting here feeling helpless and my heart goes out to them as well. But I do believe information is knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I do believe that we need to understand all these things because maybe that small tweak, maybe just you giving someone that information of try three days before you ovulate, you change a literally change lives through that advice. And Barian, I just want to honor you through that, that Thank what you're doing is life-changing for women, for couples and marriages and relationships. And I also believe in how we teach our next generation, because I know in my, my parenting, we talk about all things, even in front of my sons, it's just, there's no awkwardness around a period. And my daughter's always told me about her periods and even what they look like. And people can't believe it. They're like, she tells you these things. And I said, because I normalized it. I didn't want her feeling like she couldn't talk to me about the things that I really craved conversation around at her age. So this is just absolutely incredible. And I am so grateful to you. I love that you guys talk about periods because like I'm 26 and I'm teaching my mom who's in her fifties mm -hmm. about understanding her body. So it's a little bit of a role reversal, but like, I just hope that moving forward, anyone who has a menstruator at home. And the reason I keep saying menstruator is because I'm trying to be mindful of the climate of things happening and yeah. gender identity and all that. I want to respect it as much as possible. But I, I just hope that every person with a period gets a hold of this information and we switch the narrative as a collective because that's really what it's all about. Yeah. And even to those who don't menstruate, my husband, he was raised by a midwife and his sister and his mom and his grandma. So he had a lot of feminine energy around him and he really helped me grasp my femininity and that feminine energy within me. He's just embraced it all. He doesn't get freaked out or, or worried. He's just the coolest guy when it comes to that. And it opened me up. And now even with my son, who's 15, will say, Oh, I've started my period or grace has started. And there's no, ew, don't tell me that it's just, okay. I, it's just a normal part of our household. And I'm grateful for that. Cause I hope that my son or anyone who doesn't have a menstruation would also just be okay with the conversation and the whole cycle that we go through, those of us who have one. So it's amazing. I have some rapid fire questions for you though, because sure. um, another question that I get a lot of is people go, you use a diva cup. Isn't that gross? Isn't it messy? And I'm like, once you use a diva cup, you will never go back. For mm -hmm. And for me, it was an environmental decision. I just thought how much waste is going into whether someone is flushing it down the toilet or putting it in the garbage. I also found the heavier my cycles got, the more I had to wear a pad. And sometimes I, I have to say, I even wore two tampons because it was just so heavy. So this was really a life changer for me. So tampon or diva cup? Cup all day. Yes. All right. There's, there's nothing else to say after that. Listen, friends, if you're grossed out by your own body, you need to go back to start and like fall in love with you all over again. That's mm -hmm. it. That's it. I don't find it more messy. I mean, there's a little bit more involved, but I don't find it more messy to you. Personally, when I first started, it was a little messy, but that's because I was like pretty lazy at putting it in. Yeah. Now that I understand like kind of the placement, what my body's feeling and stuff, I'm good to go. And yeah. 
again, it's, it's a process to move into. Don't try to do it all at once kids. And if your fingers get a little dirty, thankfully there's a sink right there for you to wash your hands after. That's it. That's it. And you would wash your hands anyways. I always just thought, well, if I had changed a tampon, I still went and washed my hands and there's toilet paper. Anyway, I love a diva cup. Okay. So pad or period panties. And I know your answer. Period I just, panties. I just, I can't do the pads. I don't like the vibe of them, no. but period panties are something you have to ease into as well. Because at first I was like, no to period panties, give me the pad. And now here I am. I like my period panties. <laughs> so you are the one that made me go click and finally purchase them because obviously I, I look at you for advice and information, but the whole pad thing for me, I'm like, I am so over these pads and wearing them at night. Cause I do find with a diva cup, I would have sometimes have a little leakage in the evening, especially when I'm heavier day ones through three. So I am so excited to get mine. Do they feel different? Like what do they feel like? Yeah. So I would say, um, kind of think about like a bathing suit bottom, the lining of like a really good bathing suit. It kind of feels like that. I put on a pair this morning actually, and I noticed that the bottom of this specific pair was a little bit thicker than I would usually like, because I'm like the person that likes songs personally, but it's okay. Like it's much better than the sensation of a pad in my opinion, because the pads are so thick. Whereas with a period panty, it's all of the period panties on the market, the technology to reinforce it and make sure you don't leak is just too good not to try. Oh, can't wait. Okay. Scented pads, non-scented pads, non-scented pads. You should never put a scent down there. What are we doing? Right. Anything that goes near your vagina needs to be non-scented in my opinion. And that's because we don't want anything messing with the pH balance. I know this is rapid fire, but just got to tell you guys. Facts. Yeah, no, this is what I want. Like, I just, I know some people have these questions and my daughter likes the scented ones. And I'm trying to say to her, like, this is not natural. We want to keep it as natural as we can, but she, it gives her some form of security, I suppose. Um, but yeah, switch her over to, if you're going to do scented, do a natural one. So there's a company they sell at Target called the Honeypot Co. They do have a little bit of a scent to them. Um, I would much prefer her to have that because at least we know it's organic cotton and like what's being used is a little bit less harsh on the body. Whereas like your standard, like I've been around since forever, pads and tampons, chemicals, and we don't want chemicals for your daughter or anyone, anyone. Yeah. And can we just going backwards a second, why, what is in a tampon that could potentially be harmful for our health? Oh gosh. Okay. So we're going to do a little bit of a history class. Okay. So cotton is one of the most treated crops in the entire world. And when I say treated, think pesticides, think different fertilizers, things like this. They go so far as to bleach the cotton. So if we're putting a tampon into our vaginal canal that has its own pH balance, it's already a very delicate ecosystem. And then we're taking this tampon that's been treated chemically heavily to absorb the blood it's just kind of counterintuitive if you think about it. Cause it's like, I want to clean up a mess, but you're creating more of a mess because of toxins that get into the bloodstream because of those hormone disruptors that are chemicals. Mm, okay, good. And I think we need to know more about this stuff. And especially now that we have these conversations and I'm just so happy we are just asking all these questions. Another question, because this was actually asked of someone who's too embarrassed to ask anybody else. So I'm doing it for her. Why is there a smell when someone's on their period? And sometimes some people don't have a smell when they're on their period. Honestly, I say it boils down to your lifestyle. So when you are somebody who's extremely stressed out and extremely anxious, that causes a scent in the body. You have to remember 
your actual menstrual cycle is your body's way to detoxify and cleanse itself. So that's why some people have a scent and some people do not have a scent. Now, I'm not going to get into all the scents. I want you all to go talk to your OBGYNs, okay? <laughs> um, especially if it's smelling like you're like, oh, this is kind of questionable. Please yeah. go talk to your doctors about it. <laughs> but understand that there's a lot of different hormones at play and I know when I'm super stressed out, my sweat even smells bad. I'm like, ew, why do I smell like a dude? Like, no, thank you. So it's the same thing. Even if I have a deodorant, I'm like, I can smell my armpits. This isn't normal. <laughs> it's, it's, true. it's true. She's like, some people smell. And I was like, you're right, actually. Like, I can pick that up when I'm around someone. There's a, a particular smell. So it's interesting. Okay. My other question for you is exercise vigorously at certain times or is it, does it matter? Because there's four phases of your menstrual cycle. We want our workout routines to mirror them. When you're in menstruation, you want to do low intensity, active recovery, no working out if you can do it. Um, or also just work with your trainer. If you have one, when you're in that follicular phase. So post period, I would say for two weeks, post period, you can go crazy, you know, high intensity, spend class, get on your Peloton, be cute, do all of the things, whatever works best for you. Weight training is also something you want to do because of that surge in testosterone and estrogen. And then during that PMS phase, we're going to take our workouts back down and we want it to mirror kind of low intensity, active recovery and resting because we don't want additional stress on your actual body as you're preparing to release. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you're in tune with yourself, you almost sense that your body's telling you like today, when I got on my Peloton, I wanted to go hard and my body's like, no, 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 we're about to go there. So I just did a little bit of a lower impact ride and it felt really good. I didn't feel like I decreased my energy. I felt like I honored my body. So I love that. See, you got it. Well, I'm learning through you. And I, like I said to you, when we were just jumping on together, I crave these conversations. I am excited and elated that as women, we are owning this and like talking about it openly. And I think this is where the shift and the pendulum swings for us all to really embrace all aspects of being someone who menstruates. I appreciate the fact that you, you know, are really embracing and being inclusive. So however you identify, whether you menstruate or don't, that a beautiful part of who you are as well, that you are someone who teaches with empathy and also with grace. And I just want to thank you, Barian, so much for being that voice for us. I really do want to thank you. Thank you so much for having me and letting me teach everyone. This just makes my day better. It's so good. So where can they find you? Because I know everybody's going to rush over there. So where can they go? Okay. So if you want like daily pocket period tips, come hang out on Instagram at Barry on Elberry is my personal account. My company account that I don't really use that I need to start is called at the flow Academy. Um, and you can also go to theflowacademy.com and you'll be able to find not only me and the opportunity to work with me one-on-one, but also my digital courses, which we love online education at the moment. Like it's, it's the new normal. So yeah, that's where everyone can find me. And Oh, I have my own podcast called with Barry on Barry. And I just kind of go with the flow of how I feel that day. It's so good. It's a great podcast. And all that you are bringing forward is very inspiring. You're doing this also. I want to honor you without any business coaching. You'd mentioned that in, I think, one of your more recent podcasts and really allowing yourself to explore and build and grow. And I just want to honor you and thank you for stepping out onto the skinny branch with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you know how deeply grateful I am for the time and space you give to the Becoming Iconic podcast. 
It is an honor and a privilege to show up here twice a week and pour into you. And thank you for those five-star reviews that you've been giving and those beautiful compliments. It means so much. And the time you spend to do that is just the most beautiful way to give back. The other thing I want to challenge us to as a community is to share more. It's so simple to copy this link into a text to a friend who you think would benefit from what you just listened to or share it into your stories. Make sure to tag me, by the way, because I love resharing and allowing your network to maybe discover something that they wouldn't have if it weren't for you. And just a gentle reminder that jenspiegel.com, that website was designed for you, for you in mind and what you need in your life and business, the blog, the resources, the different ways of working together, they all sit there and they're available to you. So I challenge you to go over there, make it a habit of checking out what's new and exciting. At the end of the day, I just want you to know I love this community. I appreciate being able to show up for you and I just want you to make it a great day.